1: for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com.
2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Let's roll, baby, welcome in. It is a Monday edition. Of New York, New York. Jam-packed Monday edition of New York, New York. Here's Julie, J.J. J. John Strzemski, rocking and rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. What a day it has been. Spent some time with Bruce Beck. Watched the end of Chiefs' Bills with Bruce Beck. How fun was that? Do a little TV there. Do a lesson why. And then I get to wrap up my loaded Sunday with the ultimate icing on the cake. A Sunday and the Monday tradition. And our football shows here on Monday are dwindling down by the moment. We only have two more football Sunday into Monday shows until we hit the hiatus. That is February and the cold spell that will come our way until the start of the NCAA tournament, the start of the NBA and the NHL postseason, and then, of course, opening day with the Yankees and the Mets. But we begin, of course, with the divisional round, which was by far... 10,000
0: times better than what we saw the weekend. You just knew. chiefs Bill Ends Hands down the game of the weekend. It's Allen,
1: Mahomes, Taylor Swift, Western New York. The idea of the Bills having an opportunity to go and slay the beast. And slay the beast. And we're getting ready to do ringer-wise, guys. And we're doing our show and I'm having a ton of fun over the course of the last two days. And my buddy and my pal Raheem Palmer, who does East Coast Pies with me, our gambling show on the Ringer Gambling feed, which by the way, if you haven't downloaded, you're making a big mistake. You like picks. You like gambling talk. We do that each and every week. But Raheem on Wise Guys made the analogy that really hits home today after what transpired in the Bills Chiefs game. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, as of right now, until you see otherwise, is Michael Jordan against Patrick Ewing. And when he said it, it made me sick. It made my blood boil because it brought me back to all of these moments of my childhood of Charles Smith and 96 and the Bills, uh, the Bulls doing nothing but win and Ewing losing every moment, every chance he had an opportunity to go and play Michael Jordan. Well, That analogy hit me smack dab right in the face as I am sitting there watching this game. Now, it is a super fun football game for three quarters. It's back and forth. You got scores galore. The Bills are running the ball at will with Cook and Ty Johnson and Josh Allen. The Chiefs look the best they have looked all year offensively. Travis Kelsey, maybe because his girlfriend was in the box. I don't know, but it looked like he had found the fountain of youth gets a couple of touchdowns, and you're like, wow, this game is going to be back and forth in the fourth quarter, and this game is going to come down to basically who has the ball last. That's what you're thinking. But then, as football games play out a certain way, you had a whole lot of wackiness in the fourth quarter. And let's be perfectly clear about something. The Buffalo Bills were given every break and were given every opportunity to go and win this game. Before I even get to the field goal, let's acknowledge this, okay? Andy Reid, brilliant play caller, amazing coach, gets too cute at times. He's running the ball after that dopey fake pump by McDermott at will. Pacheco is like a, it's like a man possessed with the way he's running. They go away from him. They go away from Kelsey. They run a trick play. To McCall Hardman. You don't need to remind a Jeff fan about McCall Hardman. And he clearly fumbles the ball and loses the ball at the pylon. And it's a touchback. I I noticed it live. I said it in all my group chats. I said, yeah, that's a fumble. And I'm on Kansas City in the game. I'm rooting like crazy for Kansas City in the game, which is just crazy to believe. But it's a clear fumble. That ball goes the way of the Buffalo Bills. They do nothing with it. They exchange a couple of punts. The defenses finally make a couple of stops. And then, okay, Buffalo has the ball. Chance to tie or take the lead. Allen fumbles the ball. And there's five Kansas City guys around. Kansas City's dumb enough to try to go for a scoop and score in that situation. And a Buffalo lineman is smart enough to go and pick it up. And I'm like, wow. Buffalo gets the touchback after the fake punt. They get this Allen fumble that goes right back to them because of Kansas City playing with their food. If they can't beat this team today, then when are they going to beat the Chiefs? Right after the two-minute warning, this is where Josh Allen's got to be taking a test. I don't want to hear that he got hit. I don't want to hear that somebody was open in the end zone. You don't need a touchdown in that situation. You want to move clock. First downs are great. Make sure Patrick Mahomes doesn't get the football again. He has Stephon Diggs wide open. Warren Sharp, Eli Herskovitz, check their Twitter accounts. Wide open. It's getting seven, eight yards. It's probably getting 10 yards, and it's a first down. He passes that up, throws in the end zone. Third down, doesn't take the safe throw, doesn't put you in maybe fourth and manageable, doesn't put you in closer field goal range, and is trying to be the hero on third down and throws the ball away. They end up settling for a 47-yard field goal on a freezing cold day on a day in which there was a whole lot of wind. Now, Tyler Bass, I've never trusted him. But this is not about the field goal kicker. This is about same old Bills. You could tell me same old Dolphins? Yeah, against the Bills? 100% right. My team can't beat the Bills. The Bills are my daddy. But you know what? The Chiefs are the Bills' daddy. They are. Because they can't beat them when it counts. I don't care about meaningless regular season games. They had this game at home. This was their time. This was a wounded chief team that had injuries on defense that's not the same on offense, and they couldn't beat them. So I know there's probably a whole lot of folks in Western New York saying, I got a top-notch quarterback from a skill standpoint. Allen is a freak athletically. But at the end of these games, I'm sorry. Football IQ, I call it in the question. Because he makes some absolutely hideous, hideous decisions. And he did on that final drive of the game. You get three chances in the fourth quarter, you got to go and win that game. And it's going to be a long winter in Buffalo. And yet again, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are playing in the AFC title game. So, yeah, that analogy that Raheem Palmer brought to Ring of Wise guys, Patrick Ewing, Michael Jordan. It's real, it's spectacular, and it's accurate until you see otherwise. Chiefs are unbelievable. You can't kill them. We watched the Chiefs Christmas Day against the Raiders. Slog, slog of a game. Who had them in the AFC title game at that point in time? Knowing they were going to have to play at least one or maybe two road games. No issue. No problem. Because they got number 15 at quarterback. And as long as they got number 15 at quarterback, they're have a chance in any game they play. And that's why I fully expect you're going to have the betting public lining up to go and bet Mahomes and lining up to go and bet the Kansas City Chiefs someday in Baltimore against the Ravens. But that is as bad as it gets for Allen. That is as bad as it gets for McDermott. And Yeah, if I'm in Buffalo, I'm wondering if I'm ever going to beat that guy. Just like I'm wondering if my team's ever going to win a playoff game in Buffalo, you're wondering, hey, am I ever going to beat Mahomes? Now, as far as the rest of the weekend, that was the game of the weekend. Games that were played. I'll start with Saturday. First half of that Raven-Texan game, the Ravens looked tight. The Ravens couldn't do a damn thing in the second quarter. It looked like D'Amico Ryans had a really good plan of pressuring Lamar Jackson. They get the punt return for the touchdown. And as somebody who had nine and a half, I did not feel good about what I saw from Baltimore offensively. But I'm sitting there, I'm watching this game, and I'm like, hold on a second now. C.J. Stroud has not scored an offensive touchdown. Six and a half, I'm doubling down second half, Baltimore. they got to figure it out. There's no way in the world Lamar Jackson is going to go and lose to C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. And sure enough, Jackson was brilliant in the second half. The Ravens ran it down their throats. Their defense continued to dominate and they got exactly the sort of ho-hum performance they needed to advance to the AFC title game. Moore needed that game. The Ravens needed that game. And now it sets the stage for a very juicy and a very salivating AFC title game where Lamar Jackson has a chance to get to his first Super Bowl. The Ravens are hosting the game. But who is standing in the way? Thanos. The inevitable Kansas City Chiefs. You could not have a better AFC title game between Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. I cannot wait to watch that football game at 3 o'clock on Sunday. So, job well done by the Ravens. Hats off to the Texans. They had a terrific season. They have a lot to be proud of. They are clearly a franchise going in the right direction with Stroud and with D'Amico Ryans, but that was kind of inevitable as far as I'm concerned. Now, the Niners on Saturday night, the best way to put their performance against the Green Bay Packers, surviving events. The 49ers were very fortunate to win that game. I hated the way they handled the clock at the end of the first half. I don't understand why Kyle Shanahan thought it was such a good idea to get as cute as he did, to to basically milk a minute and a half, to pass up any opportunity to go and get a touchdown, settle for a long field goal, which, oh, by the way, you knew with the way the Niners handled the clock in that spot, he was going to miss the kick. And that's exactly what happened. Packers had life. Packers drew up some good play design with LaFleur and getting their receivers open. And they put the Niners in a spot where they were tight going into that fourth quarter. But to me, two things you look at in that game that basically decided it. One, Christian McCaffrey was not going to let the Niners lose. Even on a day in which Brock Purdy missed some throws, clearly had an issue, throwing the football in the wet conditions. Purdy looked like a different quarterback when it was raining as opposed to when it wasn't raining. So the conditions clearly hurt him. I don't think there's any question about it, but at the end of the game, Shadahan said, look, McCaffrey's my best player. I'm getting the ball in his hands. He is touching it. I'm going to make sure that he decides the game. And McCaffrey wouldn't let him lose. He was amazing down the stretch. Amazing. Then you had that missed kick. Does it change things from a Niner perspective if they're down seven as opposed to being down four? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it also put the Packers in a spot where at the end of the game, it was a different feel. The momentum just went out the window with that missed kick and a couple of Jordan Love interceptions. And Jordan Love, as good as he was in the Dallas game, I thought it was dreadful the second half against the Niners. Bad decisions, jittery, uneasy. Hey, first year starting quarterback. That's what I expected in Dallas. The Packers, much like the Texans, should feel great about their season. Yeah, they might have let one slip away here against the Niners. They weren't winning the Super Bowl with that team anyway. They got a quarterback they believe in now. Their coach is terrific. He wins every single year. And I'm a Packer fan. I'm saying, hey, I rallied to get into the playoffs. I knocked the Cowboys out. I gave it a good fight against the Niners. I'm A-OK with my season if I'm a Packer fan. So the Niners survived. They're going to have to play much better next week against Detroit. We will see what the status of Debo Samuel is going to be. I think that's a huge deal. That's something to watch over the course of the week. But I also do wonder, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, and, well, uh, you know, I – with these games, I don't want to make picks yet. I want them to marinate. I have an idea what I'm going to do. We'll see if the lean changes or if it continues to be the same over the course of the week. But, you know, you kind of have a feel and a sense for what you think will be what. I got to see on Samuel. But I do wonder with the Niners if they had this scare in this round and if they're going to be much better for it Championship Sunday against the Lions. And first half of that game. They were probably sick to their stomach going into the locker room tied. Then a couple of lapses in coverage. Mayfield made some big throws in that final possession of the first half. And as someone who had Tampa plus six and a half, and I was fighting about this with Simmons all week, I thought they were in great shape to win the game. Forget about covering the number. I thought they were in great shape to win the game. The difference in the second half is Detroit and Johnson said, we're gonna attack the middle of the field, and Tampa has no issue. They have no answer for it. There's nothing they can do. And that's exactly what you saw. But Porter made big plays. Gibbs made big plays. St. Brown made big plays. Reynolds made big plays. Goth just kept attacking, attacking, attacking in the middle of the field, and the bus couldn't stop him. We had a little sweat there at the end. Six and a half. Evans gets the touchdown, significant to some. And, you know, I walk in to White today, and it just goes to show you The gap at times between old school football and someone who's of the new age. I'm of the new age. I think you guys and gals know this. I like going for it. I hate kicking. And at the end of these games, you're down 14. It is automatic. Unless something is a wall, you go for two. Because if you get it, and I saw this the hard way. With Vrabel and the Dolphin game on Monday night about a month and a half ago. If you get it and you get the ball again and you score, the extra point wins the game. If you don't get it, it's a 50% play, right? On the two-point try. You know exactly where you stand going into the two-point play. It's it's simple mathematics. You go for it in that situation. Again and again and again, you go for it in that situation. So I walk in and people are like, oh, is this? I go, this is not debatable. This is a great decision. And the guys doing the game, Collinsworth and were all over it. They said, yeah, the, the numbers back it up. This is what you do. This is what you do. But it had no bearing and no impact on the game because the Bucks got the stop late. They had the ball. And Mayfield threw an interception. Listen, Baker's fun to watch. He's tough. He made some great plays. takes way too many sacks. That's my big knock on watching Baker Mayfield. He takes way too many sacks. I don't know how much of that is him, protections, whatever. That's something he's got to cut out. But Tampa, good season. They make the playoffs to win a game. Bowles probably going to get himself a contract and stay. I don't know if that's the best thing for Tampa, but hey, won a playoff game. Got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I was actually shocked he went for two. Doesn't strike me as a Todd Bowles type of move with the way he coaches, the way he likes to punt, but you know what? Good for He Made the right call, and Detroit's fun. Listen, Campbell's likable. Goff is likable. That whole team is likable. I think they're going to be a public dog on Sunday. That's just my two cents. I think both dogs are actually going to be public. But to recap the visual weekend, listen, pretty chalky, but a whole lot of intrigue. Intrigue with the Niners and the Packers. Intrigue, for sure, with the Buccaneers and the Lions, and then the ultimate intrigue is what you saw between Kansas City, And the Bills. And once again, Mahomes and the Bills. Seeing all sorts of anguish, heartbreak, pain, and suffering to the fans of Western New York. What a shame. What a shame, what a shame, what a shame. I can't beat them. So, you know, I at least got to revel in the fact that somebody else can do it. So, there's that. All right. Uh, Before we hit calls, it was a reunion weekend for Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett. Saturday night. Wish the game, to be honest with you, was during the week. Had to set up the second screen at the Lugauer compound on one of the computers to watch uh, the return of my guys, Barrett and Quickly, who, listen, I am so happy the Knicks fan gave them the ovation they deserve. Those guys busted their butts. Those guys represented the New York Knicks with nothing but class. Those guys were easy to root for. Of course, the Knicks made a good trade. Of course, it's a trade that has worked out really well for them. But I'm glad the Knicks fan gave the love to Barrett and quickly. You knew that Gordon Faithful would, they had the tribute video, the whole deal. But then afterwards, I'm watching the game and I'm saying, thank goodness the Knicks made this trade. Barrett goes and gets his 20, has a minus 20 or 25 uh, plus minus. Ananobi's hitting corner threes, and Jalen Brunson is hands down working his magic and is the best player on the floor. And the Knicks now have won three consecutive games at home. Listen, Knicks are a better team than Adenobi. It's more room for Randall to operate, it's more room for Brunson to operate. But what the Knicks have got to figure out here, they got to figure out what their bench is going to look like between now and the trade deadline. And it's, I think, very appropriate that the trade deadline is going to be when we're out in Las Vegas. I'm glad it's not the week I'm um, in South Africa. We didn't need that. We didn't need me melting down on a safari, wondering if the Knicks are going to trade for Bruce Brown or DeMar DeRozan or Andre Drummond or whatever the case may be. Um, Knicks need some help in the backcourt. Bruce Brown basically made his plea to get me out of Toronto and to get me onto the New York Knicks. I haven't even mentioned his name because we've been talking about Clarkson and Brogdon and uh, DeRozan, so many names over these last couple weeks. Bruce Brown would fit great. He won a championship. He gets a three-point shot. He can defend. I'd be A-OK bringing him in. And he sure seemed A-OK with the idea of being a New York Knicks. So wonder if that is going to be a topic of conversation for the organization that obviously, despite the lawsuit, has a working rapport and relationship with Masai Ujiri and the Toronto Raptors. The other thing the Knicks got to contend with now, if Hornstein's going to miss time, and Hornstein's playing a ton, he's been terrific, He's playing. 38, 40 minutes a night. He misses a few weeks. What's the big situation? Precious Achua and Jericho Sims is not pretty. But it takes two to tango. Like, in theory, yes, the Knicks would go and make a trade and bring in a a big that could play a little bit. Are you unable to make that move until closer to the trade deadline? So those are two areas of need for this team off the bench. A guard. Instant offense, that sort of feel, that sort of guy. And a backup bait to kind of mend fences without Hortenstein and maybe without Mitchell Robinson. So that's something we'll be watching for in Nickland. They got the Nets coming up on Tuesday. We'll have an SGP. I'm glad we're doing it for Thursday's game. It's way better. It's way juicier. It'll be Knicks, Nuggets, the Champs come to town. And we'll have an SGP on FanDuel that you want to check out. I look forward to that. Um, I'll tell you what I'm not looking forward to before we hit some voicemails. Josh Hader in the American League. And let me make this clear. The Hader contract, probably year three, four, five, is going to be a disaster. A lot of wear and tear on the left arm. Relievers flame out. It happens all the time. I have no idea how Hader is going to look at the end of that deal. But I know for 2024, it makes the Houston Astros that much more frightening. And the Yankees, speaking of daddy issues, you know, the Bills, they have their daddy in Kansas City. The Yankees have their daddy down in Texas, the Astros. doesn't matter who's on the Astros. Over the last seven years, they have owned the Yankees. That's why this idea that people are going to sit there and tell me that the Yankees are better than two teams in Texas is comical until I see otherwise. The Yankees are improved. I I like their offensive offseason, but they're not as good as the Astros. They're not as good as the Rangers. And they got to show me they're as good as the Baltimore Orioles. They're young and up-and-coming and and, and scrappy and got more young talent on the way. Need another move. That's the way I look at the Yankees right now. It's not hater. Like, I would have bit the bullet considering how all-in I am for 2024. It is a saving grace that the Yankees do a good job with the bullpen. I'll give them that. It is a saving grace that you're going to have some more money for Juan Soto. Yeah, but you know what? That should not be an issue anyway. The idea is to win. Next is another piece. I know they're trying to say, oh, it could happen in July. Well, if there's an opportunity to go and get one now, why wait till July? That's my two cents. All right. Loaded open. Had a lot to say. All the playoff games. Little ins and outs with the New York sports scene. Uh, We'll come back, rip some calls, and then I get to embarrass myself in some trivia. Uh, Voicemails. They're coming up next. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers bet the new customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet. FanDuel has so many ways for you to pick up a W. So tough games, we hit the Chiefs. I know a lot of people are going to be on the Chiefs. You'll have to wait and see for my pick on the AFC title game. But I'll tell you this. The San Francisco 49ers are finding their way to Las Vegas in the Super Bowl. I will be teasing. I'll be parlaying the Niners with everything imaginable. And I lean towards taking them lane to seven. So if you want to follow my picks, go to Fanduel right now. Get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit Fandle.com slash NYNY to join today. That's Fandle.com slash NYNY. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online, real money w- first online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, voicemail time. Here we go. 917-382-1151. We got a loaded week coming your way. Tuesday, we'll have some reaction to Knicks Nets. Um, we'll also set the stage for what's coming up later on this week as far as Championship Sunday, as far as some of the stuff we have cooking, like the live pod with our buddy Beningo. Uh, I'll be going on his pod at the Hackensack Brewing Company on Friday. Stefan's going to be there. I think our buddy Mike Flegelman's going to be there. So, it's going to be a rocking time. So, I hope to see a bunch of you guys and gals out there if you got nothing to do on Friday night. Listen, Joe has been great. He's been great like he always is throughout the football season. So, it'll be a nice little way to put a bow on the 2023 campaign. Uh, And we'll have to put a wager down on what happens first. Is Jets get to the playoffs or my Dolphins go and win a playoff game. We uh, might be waiting a long time for both. Who the hell knows? So, uh, we may have to drop the terms of that. So, that's what we have coming up on Friday, and we'll have a Football Friday pod with Benigo and Dice and all the usual suspects coming up then. Uh, before we get to calls, college basketball this weekend. I watched a lot of noon games. So I had a situation where I watched the noon games, then I went to Disney on ice with my niece and my wife at Barclays, and I was back home by 4.15 for Ravens and Texans. I had no issues as far as the football is concerned, but St. John's should have buried Marquette in the first half. They didn't do it. They fell behind by 10. They had great chances at the end to go and win the game. They couldn't get it done. Seton Hall lost a terrible game. I mean, uh, excruciating, heartbreaking game. Triple overtime to Creighton. I like where both of the local teams are at, though, and I think they're both in excellent positions with Patino leading St. John's, With Seton Hall having some veteran leadership, Richmond, who's played on some winning teams, going back to his Syracuse days, Hallways taking a couple of teams into the NCAA tournament. I think we have a great chance to get St. John's and Seton Hall into that field of 68. You know who else I'm hoping can find a way in the field of 68? How about my alma mater, Syracuse? Buzzer beater, Kadir Copeland, Kevin Brown, and Diefendorf on the mic, and I am going bananas. As that shot goes down. That's the best Syracuse win they've had um, since the buddy NCAA tournament game against West Virginia. That was so much fun to watch. Give me March, man. Listen. I am hoping I come back in early March and I got Syracuse and I got St. John's and I got Seton Hall peaking for the tournament. Can we have that aligned the way I would like it to be aligned, please make that happen. Basketball gods. please make it happen. All right, let's do some voicemails. Steph, let's rock.
3: JJ, it's Anthony and Syosset, and I just listened to your thing on Strowman, And yeah, I'm the guy now calling to tell you, you are a fool. You did fall for it. It's bullshit, dude. One thing about the Yankees, one thing that they've been consistently good at through the years is nailing these press conferences or whatever, or these Zooms now, or whatever you want to call it when these guys come in. Their PR team knows exactly what the players need to say. They coach them in a way where they say it, and, and, you know, it it comes off as roses. Dude, I am telling you now, and it probably was Met fans booing uh, at Madison Square Garden, but I bet you there was a little, you know, uh, 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 sprinkle of Yankee fans as well. Because I'm telling you right now, dude, whenever it comes, and it will come, that first start where he gets blown up at the stadium, and the booze start pouring down. You watch how he handles it in the post game media scrum. You watch, dude. It is. I mean, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me how many times with this guy? It, it again. As high as I was when they traded for Daddy Juan, that's as low as I was when I heard the news on on uh, Strowman. The one saving grace that I will tell you, and it has nothing to do with Strowman, but if you want a possibility or if you want me to paint out the picture where it does work out with this guy or where there's not a lot of pressure on him and it gives him the ability to succeed here in a lesser capacity, I'll give it to you right now. It all all falls on Carlos Radon. This is a huge, huge season for Radon from a bounce-back standpoint because if he comes in year number two healthy and does what you expected him to do in that first year where they signed him, it takes the pressure off of Stroman, and it allows a couple fuck-ups here and there from Stroman, and it basically pushes Stroman to be what he really is, and that's a number three starter. So there's there's a lot, and we'll get into it more through the course of spring training, because health is number one. But there's a lot with this Yankee team that is going to ride on the health of Car- and performance of Carlos Rodone this year, and you could put this guy Stroman at the top of the list. But I am telling you, you fell for the press conference bullshit. Shame on you, disco.
1: You might be right, Sayaset. You might be right. But I wanted to give somebody who's going to be on my team now for the next two years an opportunity to go and try and win me over. I may be a sucker. I may be a fool. I think a lot of the arguments you brought to the table are probably valid, fair, and legitimate. But what do you want me to tell you? Mark Stroman's going to be a Yankee for the next two years. I want the guy to maybe win me over. Can I acknowledge that? Can I own that? Yeah, I kind of want him to win me over. Because right now, you're right. I'm not the biggest Marcus Stroman fan in the world. I thought he handled himself well the other day. Whether he was coached up or not, Is besides the point. Going back it up on the mountain. And I think the point regarding Carlos Rodon is outstanding. To me, he's the biggest X factor of the Yankees season. Hands down. Can he go and be close to the guy he was two years ago? If the answer is yes, the Yankee rotation looks a lot better. If he's not, they're in trouble. I don't think you're going to get Stroman to perform like a number two. You don't need him to. Can he go and take the ball every fifth day? Can he go and do a job? Cortez. I don't even need Cortez to be as good as he was two years ago. But can he be better than what he was last year? But there are health concerns there. See, that's the problem. Health concerns with Cortez health concerns, and performance issues with Rodon, Schmidt is what he is as a fifth starter. You need that second starter. That's why I want to go and get somebody who I know can do the job in Snell. And that way, if I ever hit on Rodon, oh my goodness, then I look that much better. Schmidt is more of a swing guy at that point. It's amazing. These are good problems to have for the Yankees. That's why I still would kick the tires. Maybe I'm making that move. But, you know, Snell is still out there. And it's worth bringing up until he goes and signs a contract. But, yeah, as the Yankees sit currently constructed, biggest X factor by a mile. From a pitching standpoint, we It's not cost.
0: Who's next? JJ, this is Jeremy from Long Island. Just finished watching the Bills Chiefs game. And as a Jets fan, I want to extend an olive branch to you as a Dolphins fan and say, screw the Bills. I'm so happy they lost. I'm so happy that it continued to lose in the most painful ways imaginable. You couldn't write up a more painful script than the wide right mirror image of the 1990 Super Bowl. It's beautiful to watch. And I just have a few things to say about the team, having watched them a lot in my division. This team has really done nothing in the postseason for all the hype they've gotten for the last five years. They have been to one AFC championship game. Josh Allen has left AFC championship game appearances. Then Mark Sanchez, and I continue to see that fact every year when they lose. Down the stretch of that game, Allen did not make all the plays he had to. He had that deep bomb to dig, the digs just dropped. He had another nice deep pass. But there were three drives that stalled. Three drives. And then I think it was the fourth drive of the half. They got all the way down and fast missed a 44-yard field goal. But I thought they were going to go down and score a touchdown. And over and over again in these games, how many times do we have to see the Chiefs? Look bad in the offseason, but look bad during the regular season. How many years has it happened now? We say they're done, and all of a sudden, when they get into games where it matters, Mahomes looks like Mahomes. Kelsey looks like Kelsey. Jason Kelsey goes crazy. Taylor swift's happy. This team has a lot of good mojo. I really like the next week versus the Ravens. Never bet against Mahomes. He's got that Brady juju, you know, the juju where it doesn't matter what happens, whether he's on offense defense. Things are going to break his way, and I'm just happy that guy isn't in our division. And Josh Allen, these bills, what are they? Because they're not a championship competitor. They just haven't been there. And this was the year for them that was really going to save everything because it looked like it was collapsing. They came back, and here they are again, not making it to the AFC Championship game. I'm stoked. Our division's done. See you in September, and uh, screw the bill.
1: I appreciate the olive branch, Jeremy. And full disclosure, I was rooting like crazy for Kansas City in this game. And I know Kansas City knocked my team out of the playoffs last week, and I got chief fatigue, but the Bills have been my daddy. They just broke my heart a few weeks ago in week 18 and stole the division title right from under the Dolphins' thumbs. There was no way in the world I was rooting for Buffalo in this game. But objectively... Taking the fandom out of it. That's what we do around here. Listen, I could tell you I was rooting for Kansas City. I could tell you I had money on Kansas City. But we talk objectively. Buffalo was handed every opportunity to go and win this game. Every single damn opportunity. The Hardman fumble. Recovering the Allen fumble. Having a chance three times in the fourth quarter to go and win the game. Allen is... Tremendously talented He owns my football team, I know that But what they've done with him Over the last few weeks with Brady They've kind of harnessed him A lot of running Relying on the legs Relying on Cook And The big play down the field That used to be a big staple Of what they were able to do Hasn't been there And you saw it, that last possession. I mean, he's missing underneath routes that are safe throws, that extend the drive, that get you to a point where you could maybe milk the entire clock, score a touchdown, win the game. Or at the worst case scenario, you're kicking a field goal, going to overtime, and you're much closer. Those decisions after the two-minute warning on second and third down were killers. And listen, Allen wins in the regular season. He's won an efficient title. Now what? Four consecutive years? But as far as playing the Chiefs, yeah. It's got a lot of Knicks pulls to it. They can't beat number 15 when it matters. Who is like the now new Tom Brady, the new Michael Jordan, the new Derek Jeter, whatever you want to call him. Mahomes does nothing but win. And until I see the Bills and a game that matters, go and beat the Chiefs. How can you expect it to happen? You know, Allen will get back. he will have chances. He's going to have as good a chance as he had here on Sunday night at home. This chief offense not being a well-oiled machine, well, they sure looked like one. Saw some signs last week against the Dolphins. They couldn't execute in the red zone. Today, they did execute in the red zone. Betting against Mahomes in the postseason, At your point, is no fun. I didn't do it today. I've done it in the past. It is not a fun exercise. And... My goodness, that is gonna be one long off season up in Western New York. You know, it's weird because if you would have told the Bills, hey, it's six and six, you'd win the division, and you'd lose in the divisional round, you'd probably say, Yeah, I'd take it. But when you're the two seed, and you get this version of the Chiefs, and you still can't beat them. I'm wondering today when am I ever beating this team? I said it regarding the Bills after the Dolphins lost in week 18. I feel the same way with Buffalo and Kansas City. When are the Bills beating the Chiefs when it matters? You tell me. We'll come back. I'll make a fool of myself with some Larry trivia that's coming up.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app.
1: All right, Larry. Your team's out of it. My team's out of it. Um, You got to either root for the Ravens and Patrick Mahomes. That's a tough pill for you, but I know you'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Who are we kidding? All right, let me get little trivia coming my way let's do it
0: jj larry loving me some baker two questions today first one is kelsey had 93 receptions two tight ends had more who were they second question is five quarterbacks picked number one overall have mul- have uh, playoff wins for multiple teams. Who are they? I'm out. All right, I'll
1: start with the quarterbacks. Five quarterbacks taking number one overall, playoff wins for multiple teams. Well, we saw two of them face off on Sunday. And I'll give you both. Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. Two down, three to go. There's another obvious answer. Indianapolis and Denver. Peyton Manning. Three down, two to go. Now it gets tricky. Now it gets tricky. Quarterback to be drafted number one overall. To win playoff games. Multiple teams. Montana was not a number one overall pick. He's out. I got another. Oh, no, he never won a playoff game. I was about to give you Matthew Stafford, Stefan, but he never won a playoff game for the Lions. So that, that would not suffice. That would not be a correct answer. I caught myself there. Number one overall pick. When playoff games. Would you say these final two guys, Stefan, are of recent flavor?
4: Um, Yeah, you watch both of these guys play. Uh, what I will say, to give you a hint, if you're looking for one, is that uh, they played, the two guys, uh, the, their former teams, one of their former teams, are in the playoffs. And one of the guys, both of his teams are in the playoffs currently.
1: Former player, one of his teams. Oh, I think I know one. Alex Smith. There we go. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. All right. The other. Oh, man. So you got the Ravens. Not Trent Dilfer, right? Yeah, I didn't think Trent Dilfer was the number one overall pick. I didn't think so. Number one overall pick. Oh man. So the teams that are left Lions, Niners, Ravens, and Chiefs.
4: Well, this team, one of these teams, played today. They were knocked oh, okay. Out. They were knocked out, but they were amongst the playoff teams that played this weekend. So you had
1: Houston, you had Green Bay, you had Buffalo, and you had Tampa Bay. What team, does that give it away?
4: Yeah, if I tell you the team is going to give it away. Okay. Um, Within the last 20 years. You've seen this guy win a playoff game in the last 20 years, correct?
1: I've seen him win a playoff game in the last 20 years. It's not Flacco. It's not Steve McNair. Oh man. Jeff Garcia? No, he wasn't number one pick. That was an awful guess. It was an awful guess. Stefan, I don't know it. I do not know it. I'm waving a white flag.
4: New York former New York Jet legend, Vinny Testaverdi.
1: Vinny! See, I forgot about the fact that Vinny won. A, you forget about the fact that Vinnie was number one overall pick, and then you forget about the fact that Vinny won a game, I believe, in Cleveland with the Browns with Belichick. That's when he won his first playoff game, and then of course won against Jacksonville in 1998. So, not bad, not bad. All right. So the second question is involving Kelsey. He's got 93 receptions for a tight end all time in the postseason. Uh, there are two other guys that are in this category. Well, one is obvious, Stefan. It's uh, Rob Gronkowski. That's one. No! Gronk did not suffice here. I am stunned by that. Though so for sure he would have had 93 receptions in the postseason. Now, it's tight ends, correct? I'm making sure I heard the question properly.
4: Tight ends. That's correct. Tight ends is correct. And it's not 93. It's not in the postseason. It's in the regular season, Jay.
1: Ew, okay. That changes things a little bit. Um Mm.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. Oh my goodness. Kellen Winslow Jr. Oh, it's Kellen Winslow, Mm. the father. Wow. This is a pathetic performance by me. I felt really good about this. And I felt like I rattled off a bunch of good tight end names and all of them incorrect. Ben Coates of the Patriots.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, am I even in the right ballpark?
4: It's very current. These guys are current guys. Like, they're new. You're you're thinking too legendary. These guys are new guys. I'll give you okay. that.
1: They are newish tight ends. Laporta? Mm. Kittle. Mm. I mean, what are we doing? All right. I got like two more guesses and I'm waving the white flag because I've been so bad at this question. Jason Witten.
4: Mm.
1: How new are we talking, Stefan?
4: Spanking new. Very new. Very, 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 very new. These guys, they're, they, they might not even have both. Come in 10 years in the league. Mark Andrews?
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, Like, um, Jimmy Graham? (laughs) That's it. I'm done. Give me the answers. I don't want to do the rest of these questions. You are going to be
4: so upset at these two. Probably. TJ Hawkinson is Mm -hmm. one. Okay. And former New York Giants. Evan Ingram.
1: I'll be honest. You could have given me a lot of guesses. I i was thinking too rarefied air for these tight ends. But I should have known with Ingram because he had a monster year for my fantasy team this season. And I forgot about how many damn catches he had. So, Larry, listen, my quarterback performance was pretty good. The tight end question, I could not have been any more pathetic. So, there's that. Job well done, Larry. Job well done. All right. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money plays monday let's hear them what up jj jeff money here with a handicapper pcby for a monday we're
3: going to do a little college basketball action i'm going to go with a dog i'm going to go with wake forest plus the eight and a half over north carolina so we're going to roll with wake forest plus the eight and a half and everyone can follow all my daily plays on twitter at jeff money okay jj i'm out of here Let's
1: go. Jeff Bunny, I love it. I love it. I love it, amigo, because what you have here is a Wake Forest team that is trying to go and make their point for the NCAA tournament. Carolina's one of the five best teams in the country. I think you're going to get the best out of Demon Deacons. I would take the eight and a half. I think they'll be live in the game. Uh, I like Kansas tomorrow, laying the number against Cincinnati. Kansas off of a loss Saturday to West Virginia. Lions moving with the Jayhawks. I'd get it on FanDuel as soon as you can. Uh, Kansas is going to be my college basketball play of the day so you're going to go with McForest I support it uh, give me to Jayhawks on that note I hope everybody has a terrific Monday we'll be back later in the week we got more content coming your way as we get closer to the championship Sunday and remember we'll have an SGP on FanDuel for Knicks Nuggets on Thursday good job Stefan uh, terrible performance for me when it comes to the trivia what else is new and on that note enjoy your Monday JJ out be good everybody Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 100GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 100 next step or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or... Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-I-M-WITH in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700. Or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org.